Welcome to episode number eight. In this episode, we're going to start it off with a story about a good friend of mine. This is a buddy I had uh, growing up and all through college. He loved to work out. He loved to hit the weights hard. He loved to flex. He loved to wear sleeveless shirts. He also liked to do ridiculous things like uh, punch holes in walls, put his hands through light fixtures, all sorts of insanity. And obviously, having a broken hand doesn't really help you during your periods of strength gains. Now, what's the answer? Do you just stop training for the next six months because you had a, a fit of rage or you're out of your mind for a minute? Or, or do you find ways to work around it at the gym? Now, this same scenario, doesn't matter of the cause, doesn't matter if you punch the wall or if you're taking on a kickout block and you happen to bang up your wrist, you still need to train. You can't just stop. So what we're going to talk about today is how to do unilateral training. That's training on one side of your body. Let's just say you broke your left hand and you're going to do training with just your right hand and how you're going to be able to do that almost without missing a beat inside of the gym. Now, people will immediately freak out and say, look, if I'm training with one arm, I'm going to look like that dude from 300. You know the guy I'm talking about, the guy that was all jacked up on one side, real small and beat up on the other side, he could barely hold that shield up, the guy that actually ratted out the Spartans and that goat trail, I don't know why I can't remember his name right now, but that's actually not going to happen. When we, we talk about this stuff, before you freak out, there is uh, this phenomena called contralateral effects. Meaning that if I'm training my right arm, some of those gains, not all of them, will actually cross over to the other side of my body. And I kind of, experiment, I kind of experimented this when I first had one of my guys. He actually was a college athlete. He, I think he might have gotten into a fight because his girlfriend was talking to somebody else. And he, he put his hand through a car window. We spent the whole summer training him with one arm. At the end of the summer, he did a two-arm max bench press. He had gotten the cast off. And his bench press went up. So it was actually higher than when he started in May. So essentially, those gains from that right arm, they carry over into the left arm, and you're not going to look like some sort of freak. Now, th what's the why behind this? There's been a lot of different tests, a lot of different studies. They're not 100% of the sh sure of the why. It could be uh, neurological, where your brain is just kind of connect those little movements. So it's, you know, those motor patterns. It could be uh, some sort of biological chemicals moving through? I don't know. I don't have the answer. Uh, for me, it's always been about potentially thinking that as you're tense tightening up and you're moving that limb through its range of motion, you're also bracing the other side of your body. So by, that, by bracing, it's actually helping those muscular gains stay on both sides. I don't know. All I know is that this stuff works. So do not freak out. And there are some good, good trainers out there who don't believe this. I actually was training an athlete a few years ago who had a broken hand from his season. And we were working him on single arm movements. And his trainer told him, I don't know why he was training with two trainers at the same time, but his trainer also told him to stop training with me. And he did because uh, he thought he was going to get hurt by training with one arm. But you're not. All right. So we're going to talk about this. And I also want to say before anything else is that this is something we do anyway. If you've trained with me, uh, if you're training with me now, you know we're constantly training with one arm just to help work on imbalances, meaning if I have no motor control over my left arm and I'm bench pressing predominantly with my right arm, well, then we're going to work a little bit on a one-arm bench press. We're going to do the same thing with single leg movements. So we're doing this stuff anyway. So it's not like this is uh, entirely new. The way we're going to break down this training is I'll actually talk you through the workout. I'll talk you through the workout, and I'll give you sample moves that you can do 
with one arm. And we're going to take this as a, as a one-arm thing for right now, but obviously you can go into one leg, but we'll take this entire one as one arm. So for me, I like to start our workouts with some sort of ex an explosive movement. And if you're doing something like a jump, well, who cares? You're doing it without, a, without using your hand anyway. You can do both arms if it's in a cast. But something, if you're starting it with a dynamic movement like a clean or a snatch, well, the answer to this is simple. Instead of doing a hang clean with a barbell, you would just do it with a dumbbell and only use one dumbbell. It'd be the exact same thing if you were doing a snatch. Instead of doing it with a barbell, you do it with one arm and do it with a dumbbell. If you wanted to start it off with, uh, you know, what they call kettlebell swings, instead of doing kettlebell swings with two arms, you do it with one arm. Very simple. Now, if we the next thing, and early on the workouts, I like to pair up or sometimes uh, split the workout between an explosive movement and a core movement. For us, a lot of our core movements are really about anti-rotation and stabilization of the core. So a lot of the things that we do is we are constantly holding bands. We'll do like a, we call a pow-off hold with a band, or we'll do a side plank. Well, things like a side plank are relatively easy. If your left arm is in a cast, you can kind of just lay on that left arm, support your arm with the cast, and row uh, or hold that band in as you're doing a side plank. If you're doing a pow-off hold, that's where you're standing up next to a pole. You have a band and your arms are extended out in front of you and you're not allowing your body to rotate left or right. Well, you just grab that band in one arm and you do a one-arm pal-off hold. You just hold it out right in front of you. Squeeze the heck out of that band till you see the whites of your knuckles come out and veins popping out of your forearms. Do that for about 30 seconds and squeeze every single part of your body. Not just your hand, squeeze the forearm, the bicep, the, the quads, the glutes, the stomach, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And if you want to add some movement to that, instead of just holding that band out in front of you, you can push it in and out. So pull it into your chest, push it away from your chest. Pull it into your chest, push it away from your chest. Really break that band the entire time. So that would get you that, that opening to your workout, where you have your explosive movements, then you have your core movements. And I like to cycle those as like an A and a B. Do your hang clean, do your pow off hold. Do your hang clean, do your pow off hold. Cycle them back and through so that you're uh, getting your metabolic endurance up, but at the same time, you're also not wasting any time waiting between your sets. As say your arm's a little, you're a little fatigued from the clean, well, your quote unquote fake rest, your fake rest is going to be that pow off hold. So, Let's go to the next part. Let's say we're focusing on a, an upper body day, as a lot of programs like to do. Well, you obviously can't barbell bench press, but what you can do is a dumbbell one-arm bench press. So what is that? Well, you literally just lay down on a bench, you have one dumbbell instead of two, and you press that weight up. This is much harder than it seems. It's not like uh, if you can bench press 120 pounds in each hand with two dumbbells, that you're going to easily be able to bench 240 pounds with one dumbbell or even 120 pounds with one dumbbell. The reason for this is that it's really hard to stabilize your body when you're only pressing with one arm. What I would recommend, and this is another reason why I think some of these gains transfer over into your body, not just because you're bracing, hold, trying to hold up that one dumbbell, but as you're pressing out, I am a big fan of holding out the other arm for stabilization but also bracing with that off arm. So if I'm benching with my right hand, my left hand is out.
to the side. I am bracing tight, and now I have that full stabilization with that one-arm bench press. So you are you are not doomed. You are not in a position where you are not, no longer able to bench press just because you have one arm. And again, if you train with me, this is something that we do anyway. Now, where it gets a little tricky, because that seems like something that might be normal. If you train with me, it seems very normal. If you've never trained with me, it sounds like it's crazy, but it's just something that we do. Where it gets a little tricky is where you get to the lower body. Because people will say, all right, look, I'm in, I got trouble now. I can't deadlift with two arms, so I, I can't do that. Uh, if you were back squatting, uh, it's really hard to hold that weight on the back of your head if you have a cast on your left arm. Front squatting's pretty rough, so uh, what am I going to do? Well, one option is if you are a super tough guy and you really want to squat with a barbell, you can do a zercher squat. So a zercher squat is you are cradling the barbell as if, uh, imagine you are holding a newborn baby, baby, like a caveman, right? Like, not like you're cuddling it, but you're putting your arms out and like, as if you were like holding a sandbag in front of you. Well, in that case, you do the same thing with the barbell. You put the weights on the end of the barbell. You pick up the barbell and cradle it inside where your forearm meets your bicep, and you could zerch your squat that way. Now that's pretty good, and it's really, really tough. Where I've seen problems with that is that uh, there's a certain weight limitation that you could use where you start to feel like a coward and it starts to just rip your heart and soul apart, but it's absolutely a great workout to do. The other option is to utilize a dumbbell. So if we're just talking squat, let's talk squat first. If I am doing a one-arm dumbbell squat, I can do it like a one-arm dumbbell front squat. Meaning, imagine you do a, a dumbbell clean and the weight comes up and it's at the side of your face. So you have it up in a neutral grip position. So you did it with one arm. So now that it's there, you just hold it in front of you. So my palm is facing into my cheek. My tricep is parallel with the ground. I'm holding the dumbbell so that one face of the dumbbell is by my face and the other one is away from my face. I'm holding it in a neutral grip position. And then I would just squat with that one arm. Very, uh very simple to, I'd say, describe, <laughs> might be a little difficult to execute because really all of that weight is on one side of your body. If you had a sandbag, you can do something very similar where you put the sandbag over your shoulder. This way you can do it either shoulder or a sandbag zercher squat. Sometimes it's a, a little heavy to do, or sorry, it's a little heavy to get a, a it's a little hard to get a heavy sandbag, but you know, for in our group we have a 120 pound sandbag and it makes it rough as that sand's moving all over the place, but it's a good way to do things without having to use your hand. The other thing you could do is a dumbbell one arm overhead squat. So you push press up the weight, you have the dumbbell over your head, and now you just do a squat that way. The last thing you could do, uh, there's probably a hundred other things you could do, but at least in my world, is you could do a dumbbell one arm sumo squat. And this is where you spread your legs out wider than normal into like a sumo wrestler position. You drop the dumbbell in between your legs, literally you're right in between your legs, you're holding it down with your palm facing away from you, your knuckles facing the ground, and you could squat that way. Now understand with all of these there are limitations to how much weight you can use just because it's very hard to hold, I don't know, a 150 pound dumbbell in one hand for a long time. Normally if you're doing a sumo squat with a dumbbell you're holding it with two hands. Uh, if you're doing the dumbbell front squat that's that's pretty good. You might be able to get some serious weight up with that. And the sandbag, that might be tough just because it's pretty hard if you don't have access to it to get a heavy enough sandbag to get a full effect of it. 
the next thing would be deadlifts. So yeah, those are pretty hard. So you have a couple of options with that as well. So one is you can do a dumbbell one-arm RDL, Romanian deadlift. So you're literally just standing up, you grab one dumbbell, you do a Romanian deadlift. For those of you that don't know what that is, you're holding the weight at your side. Again, the weight is in a neutral grip position. You keep your knees slightly bent, not totally bent, slightly bent, and then you are hinging at the hips, so pushing your hips backward, making a giant chest, and doing what I would call a good morning, a good morning with the weight at your side, where you're hinging your hips at your at the waist, you're pushing your hips back, you're have a giant chest, you're moving your chest down, where now it's parallel to the ground, and then you're coming back up with it. And I would say to do somewhere between six and eight reps of that dumbbell one-arm Romanian deadlift. Now, this is something, again, that we do anyway in our group, so it's not that crazy. Maybe it's crazy outside of advanced training, but this is just what we do anyway. And I keep reiterating this because uh, I almost like to feel like the way we train there should, the way we train, there should never be a doubt in anyone's mind that they have to stop training if they get themselves hurt. The last thing I'll talk about with respect to lower body focus days, if you wanted to work on single leg movements, so uh, single leg stuff. So first, very easy, uh, dumbbell overhead lunges. You pick up the weight, you put the weight over your head, and you do lunges. You can do forward lunges. You can do reverse lunges. You can do forward to backwards lunges all stuff that is a normal part of the repertoire of what we do at advanced training. And I would say do it with, keep that one arm in the air, obviously you can't lift up the other one, and do it with both legs so that you're working your body on both sides. The other thing you could do is a dumbbell Bulgarian split squat. So imagine that uh, my right leg is back on a bench behind me, my left leg is out in front of me in a lunge position, and I would be holding a dumbbell in my right arm, just my right arm, because remember my in this scenario my left arm is broken, and I would basically sp do a split squat down. So I go from a standing position to a lunge position, and then come right back up, and I can do that all while just holding one dumbbell. So you can see you, you got things pretty well covered from a deadlift perspective, where you're working that posterior chain, from a bilateral perspective, where I'm working things like a front squat or a sumo squat. And then from a unilateral perspective, where I'm working things like a lunge or a Bulgarian split squat. So you say, all right, man, that's pretty cool. This is stuff you do anyway. But what about my, uh, my accessory lifts? What if I want to work the back of my body, the muscles that I don't see in the mirror? All right, so one of them that I think is pretty cool is if you're working on a row. Uh, I like the, imagine you're doing a seated row. So imagine uh, where you have a cable in front of you, you take that handle with the cable, and instead of pulling this thing back with two arms, you're just now pulling it with one arm. Just pull it with one arm. And if you've seen some of our Instagram videos, again, this is something that we do. So again, it should not be anything completely out of the norm. The other one that I like, and they have this at our gym, uh, not our high school gym, but our actually our local gym. It's called an, an iso lat row machine, where you sit back, you're sitting on, you're sitting on this machine, your your chest is against uh, this padding, and then there are two bars right in front of you, and you can pull one or the other, or you can pull both. Well, if you broke your left hand, just pull with the right arm, and now you're doing essentially another form of a seated row, and they call it an iso lat row machine, and you're just rowing this thing back into your body. So we've talked about the upper part. Uh, we'll say that's with a press for the bench press. We've talked about the upper part. We'll call that a 
pull with the seated row or an isolat row. And we've talked about the lower body part, uh, the, where the lower body split, where we're talking about RDLs, split squats, and squats. And uh, the other thing, and I'll say if you are strong enough to do this, and not many people are, let's go back to the rows for a second. If you know what an inverted row is, you're laying under a bar and you are pulling your chest up to the bar with your body weight as if you were doing what a lot of people have called a reverse push-up. So instead of pushing yourself away from the floor, floor you are pulling yourself up to the bar. If you have access to those uh, gymnast rings or the TRX bands, you can actually do a one-arm inverted row. Now, this is really hard. Most people can't do it. But if you are a supreme athlete, I would recommend doing a one-arm inverted row. It's another way to get some more rowing action in. Lastly, if you're thinking about just your, your vanity muscles, you want to get some biceps in, uh, well, there's no reason why you could, you'd have to stay away from dumbbell curls. Any and all variations with one arm will work. Dumbbell, if you're looking to build up your shoulders, dumbbell neutral grip military presses with one arm would work. If you're looking for tricep work, you can do dumbbell one arm kickbacks. You could also do, uh, I'm sure you've seen those tricep pushdowns. You can do the, with the, on a cable rack. Well, you could do the same exact thing with one arm. The last thing I'd say is if you, if you need to get in some grip work or some strongman training, whatever you want to call it, well, you can clearly do farmer's walks. If you have a pistol and you're walking around your local football field or your local park, easy, no-brainer. If you're in your gym and you're like, hey, I want to build up my traps, Aside from my cleans, what can I do? You can do one-arm shrugs. If you uh, want to do farmer's walks around your gym, that's another great way to w build up your traps, build up your grip, all at the same time. So clearly, there is, there is no excuse as to why you should not be training with one arm. Will you turn into a freak and have one giant side? No. All right. Will you be able to maintain your strength gains hopefully to an extent in the injured limb yes will you be able to get that health that that health benefit of continuing to train if you're on a football team continue to drain to train with your teammates absolutely so there's no reason to stop the only setback that I would see in all of this and it's not really a setback but it has to go into the way that you're programming is is that that one arm is probably gonna get tired a little more quickly than if you were training with two arms because you're really just putting a lot of focus on that one side of your body so what I would recommend is that you cut down the total volume of the workout so that's either with respect to reps or with respect to load or with respect to both you'd, you'd really have to play it out to see what type of condition you're in and then to gradually uh, work your way up to a point where you can get back to the level where you were at but it, and you first start this you'll you'll understand that hey I'm just kinda favoring one side here what should I do but again we've covered everything we've covered the explosion we've covered the core upper body lower body accessory work there is nothing lacking so as a bonus to this then the real question is well what do I do once my arm is healed how do I get myself back into this because I know I just can't pick up a barbell and immediately go say with a 275 pound bench press when I haven't bench pressed with my left arm in the last six months so the next phase of this is really how do you reintroduce the barbell back into your life so the way we do it is we would normally start with very light weight in the other arm so for example 
if I was bench pressing with 110 pounds on my right arm, maybe I'd do a set of five on my right arm, one arm bench press, and then immediately after that, I'd grab like a 20 pound dumbbell and do a set of 10. First of all, I want to see how well did I recover from the injury that I had. I don't know what it is. And second of all, let me get that movement pattern back in. And then over the next week or two or three, whatever, I would gradually get that one arm back up to a point where it's pretty close, if not equal to what I was doing in the other arm. I would never tell you that once that cast came off to go right back and jump into the fray and go both arms on a barbell bench press. I would do similar stuff uh, with, like, say, a, a dumbbell suitcase deadlift. And I don't, can't remember if I mentioned that or not before, but if you really wanted to use a barbell and you only have one arm, you could put the barbell at the side of your body as opposed to in front of your body. You could put weight on one side of the barbell and then have the other side of the barbell on the floor. You can have somebody stand on that end, or most gyms have a hole in the wall where you can just do it. You stick that other end into the hole, you go down, you grab the barbell at the side, and you pick it up in the same exact manner as if you were picking up a suitcase. It's actually a pretty, uh, pretty lethal lift. Well, if you're going to get back into deadlifting, I would absolutely not have you go immediately into a two-arm deadlift at the same weight. I would have you go back in and start working out with the other arm. So if I was doing uh, three plates on my good arm on the suitcase deadlift, I'd start with a plate. Then I'd go back in maybe with a plate and a 25, then maybe two plates, but gradually get that back up. The other thing you could do is go build in like a speed set really light. So uh, yeah, maybe I'm benching 120 on my right arm with bench press and I'm introducing a 10, a 20s and 30s and 40s on my left, when the whole workout's done, I can then grab a barbell and go super light, maybe three sets of three with just a barbell, and gradually baby step my way back in with the barbell so that I'm, again, not reintroducing load to that joint, but I am re reintroducing that movement pattern once I get the movement pattern down, then begin to slowly reintroduce the load. And you could absolutely make that part of your accessory lifts or uh, ancillary work to the, the main bulk of the work that you're doing. If we're talking about reintroducing load for like a Romanian deadlift, same exact principle. Go really heavy on one side, on the good side, and then light on the other side. The other thing that you could do, uh, again, to reintroduce load, is do it at the same time. Now, this is pretty cool because it also adds a little bit of chaos to it, where, let's, again, let's just stick with the bench press to keep it simple. I could be benching heavy weight on my right arm, say it's 120 pounds, and at the same exact time, I could bench 40 pounds on my left arm. Just pop that right up. Pop that right up. Now, over time, keep that 120 on the right, but then slowly and gradually build up the left where you are rocking 120s at both, on both arms at the same exact time. I would, I would give you that same guidance for a, an RDL. We are rocking a, you know, 120 on the right and then gradually build that back up to a 120 on the left at the same exact time not something to completely freak out about because it is something that we would do anyway. Just weird chaotic movements similar to what uh, Pete Amorosi had talked about in his last podcast on the chaos overhead squat. Same thing with curls, same thing with split squats. So just a quick recap of how to reintroduce stuff back in. Number one, don't automatically go back in with heavy load with a barbell. Not smart. Number two, don't go back in with the same exact load with a dumbbell on both sides. Not smart. I would say take a light, light load with a barbell. Reintroduce the movement pattern. Take a light, light load with the dumbbell. 
and either do it on its own, one arm at a time, or with the other arm, and gradually build it up so it hits the same amount of weight. So uh, with that, you should be good. The last piece of advice I'll give you, the last piece of advice, if you do have, so, if you do have say you uh, have some sort of surgery, let's say it's not your arm, say it's your shoulder, there is a little moment of time where you probably should not train at all, where you don't want to have this bracing going on, where you don't want this hyper-contraction of your body, where your body does need to heal, because it could re-injure or put a lot of stress on that area where you had surgery. I would say if you have some sort of surgery, you had something done, talk to your doctor, make sure you get clearance, find out, okay, when can I start to begin these movements? And if you have a good trainer, Hopefully you do. Hopefully you're, you have a good high school coach. Hopefully you have a good college trainer. If you have your own personal trainer, if they're not asking you what your doctor or physical therapist is saying, then they're just not a good coach. They should be asking you, when, when are you allowed to do this, this, and this? And once they get that clearance, then they can gradually walk you through these routines. Now, we didn't go through if you have a broken foot or a busted up knee. It'd be too long of a podcast. And, you know, when I do these by myself, I like to make them short. But it would be the same exact mindset of, well, first of all, for upper body, nothing would change. I'll give you, I guess, a little bit of a bonus bonus section here. If I broke my ankle, there's no reason why I should not be able to bench, curl, row, all of that. Go get them, right? Go get them. It's just for the lower body, you then really predominantly have to focus on single leg exercises, uh, you know, where you're not impacting and putting load on that joint or that part of your body where you're hurting. So, and I'd, I'd keep the load relatively light for the time being, but I would not be in a situation where I would have you, uh, like one arm dumbbell, sorry, one leg dumbbell cleaning, because you, you might come and fall and land on that off foot. Or maybe a Bul- Bulgarian split squat, if you, again, if you broke your ankle, even though most of your load is on one leg, you might not have the mobilization in the other leg to get you into that position. So that that's a lot more detailed but again, that should not stop you from lifting at all with the upper body. You sh- so the main crux of this is that you shouldn't stop training just because you have an injury to a limb. You should not stop training because you have injury to a limb. All right, with that, thank you. Hope this helps. If you have any feedback on how this has helped you, please let me know.